0: Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast. Fantasy Joes Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fancy Joes, but we're minus a Joe. Will Greenwood is ill this evening, but Trey, we're going to try to carry on without him. Is that correct?
1: That's right, man. Going to going to do our best. I think Will partied a little hard on Denver and uh, came came back. I, th- I think it was a work trip, man. That guy's like a, a worldwide traveler. But uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna press on and push through and uh, try and try and keep the the quality of the recording up tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, th- and there's a lot to talk about. And one of the things Trey, I want to kick us off with is pro days, because I-, I feel like you don't hear enough about, about pro day. Um, you know, you might see a little blurb on Twitter and there isn't a tremendous amount of coverage, you know, you know, really when it comes to pro days, I, I think like ESPN will go to certain pro days and, and show little snippets and do some interviews um, uh, but, you know, you, you uh, there's just, it's hard to find information. Uh, I found that draftanalyst.com is a really good source for pro days, and, and you can find some random articles. But, Trey, one of the things I want to talk about, a couple of guys that really stood out at the pro days that didn't go to the combine, and I don't want people to lose sight of them. A guy like Justin Watson. Remember talking about Justin Watson, Trey?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. I remember, and, and I can't – I don't remember. you're I know you're going to talk about what school he we went to, but I, I did – When I saw the show sheet, I vaguely remembered the name.
0: Yeah, he went to Penn, Ivy Leaguer. That's right. One of the most outstanding uh, receivers in Ivy League history. Um, He he had had his pro day, and there were two dozen teams on hand to watch him, and he did not disappoint. He measured 6'3", 215 pounds. I think one of the amazing things about him is his 40 time. He ran it in a a four three nine. Remember, this guy was a standout at the Shrine game, at Senior World Practices. He led his team with receptions this year, 81 receptions, over 1,000 yards, got 14 touchdowns, and he was Penn's offense. He accounted for 47.6% of Penn's total receptions. The guy basically cut half of their receptions and just, just over uh, half of their total receiving yards, 50.5%. I, I just think that's wild. That was second among all FCS and FBS wide receivers. So not only is this guy fast, and he has great measurables—40 inches in the vertical jump, 10 feet broad jump—once again ran the 4:39 40. But he has production, and, and he stood out during the Shrine Game and Senior Bowl practices. So Trey, uh, what do you think? Where where do you take him? If you got a fifth round rookie pick that's burning a hole in your pocket, will you take a flyer on Justin Watson?
1: Well, I, you know he's a guy that will be interesting to watch where he lands, you know. And, man, I say this a lot. I feel like a broken record. But landing spot really matters. And you're talking about a guy that potentially could go undrafted. But we've seen undrafted um, wide receivers and running backs make an impact in, in the NFL level and for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, think about maybe a team like Green Bay, who is uh, just lost Jordy Nelson, uh, maybe takes him in the sixth round, seventh round, or he's undrafted and signs with a team like Green Bay, man, all of a sudden, you know, you know he's the new Jeff Janis, right? So he right. could certainly end up in a place where they need some wide receivers, maybe a place like San Francisco um, where everybody, I think, kind of expected they'd sign an Allen Robinson or a Sammy Watkins. So a guy with his size and speed, um, if, if he's got the work ethic and, you know, I mean, if you, you said two dozen, that, that's quite impressive. Uh, did you say two dozen teams were at his pro day? That's correct. Yeah, I mean that you know, that's not considering it's Penn, he, they weren't there, I'm I'm guessing too I, I don't recall any, you know, top end um prospects coming out of that school. So right. I I'm thinking that he's a guy that's being probably recruited for one of those late round picks. So yeah, I mean that's that size and speed combination and, and the production in college I think is exciting. I, I I'm gonna have to look at some tape. I've not seen one single play of Justin Watson, but I'd like to watch them.
0: Oh, admittedly, I haven't either. Uh, you know, I just, just, this is just what, I, what I've been reading. So definitely try to find some of that, that tape. I'm sure it's widely available because some of those Ivy League schools were, you know, televised on national television. So it'll be easy to find tape, right? Uh, no, YouTube is your friend, of course. You can always find something on YouTube. A- another guy, kind of similar profile, another guy that, I mean, he, th- this guy played for Power 5 school. He played at Colorado. Philip Lindsey, He did not get invited to the Combine. Why didn't the guy get invited to the Combine? Because he was great at his pro day. He ran a 40-yard dash in 4.38 seconds. That would have placed him second among all 32 running backs of the Combine behind only Naheem Hines of NC State. And he posted a vertical jump of 35.5 inches. That would have been ninth among Combine participants. He is small. He is very small. I mean, this is like your third down back. But the guy can catch. The guy caught in 2016, 53 53 receptions. Excuse me, for 493 yards and a score. Uh, he is a NFL.com. His draft profile describes him as a fearless path protector and comes into Chris Thompson. And this is my favorite part, Trey. They nicknamed the guy the Tasmanian Devil for his boundless energy and playing style. So that's another guy. You didn't hear about him because he didn't go to the combine, right? Maybe you you watched um, um, some uh, some college football and you remember him. And he's a little guy. I'm not saying he's, he's a guy that you need to burn a second-round rookie draft pick on. But for, you know, a fifth-round flyer, why not, right?
1: Yeah. I think they – you know, this is a guy – this is kind of crazy. So the Doak Walker Award is giving out – is given out every year to the college football's best running back. He was one of 11 semifinalists for this award, right? Like 300 carries um, his final season uh, at Colorado. I mean, mean, this is a guy that really put up some great production. Um, Also, he won – they had this award called the Buffalo Heart Award, was a captain as a senior, MVP for the team. I mean, incredible leadership. So, I I mean, this is the kind of guy that I can imagine can contribute on special teams. Um, This is the kind of guy that head coaches, I think, want in their locker rooms so I think that having all those intangibles with the production and then you know really beasting out at his pro day can can do nothing but help him and another guy that landing spot is um is going to be pretty important I mean he's a guy like you know we're going to talk a little bit later about Seattle's backfield I, I mean there are backfields around the NFL that could use a spark plug and uh you just never know. I mean, guys, last year like Austin Eckler, JD McKissick in Seattle. Yep, nobody was talking about them even after the NFL draft. So guys like this certainly, if they're given the opportunity, can you know can kind of come on the scene.
0: Absolutely, no. So that's why you want to pay attention to pro days. It's also just fun when we're speculating who's going to go where in the NFL draft. You know, uh, we heard about um, we're recording this on Wednesday night as we usually do about Sam Darnold's pro day. Um, he had a good day today, apparently. Uh, Josh Rosen ha- had a good pro day, Baker Mayfield. So, you know, you know, it's it's fun to pay attention to that and kind of speculate where these guys might go. Uh, Trey, you were telling me you, you heard something interesting about Darnold's pro day today.
1: Yeah, so I read an article by um, Daniel Jeremiah. It's so great to be able to give credit. I can't tell you how many times on this show I feel like I've shared something I read or heard and, and can't give proper credit. So, you know, shout out to, to Daniel Jeremiah, um, one of the media analysts for NFL.com. And uh, apparently he was talking about – he was present for Darnold's Pro Day, and um, he said that he talked to a handful of teams that were there and they were not picking inside the top ten. And all of them, every single one of them said that they don't see how Donald doesn't end up being the first overall pick. So I think that there's a lot of – you know, there was some smoke to maybe – Saquon Barkley going first overall. I think that the Browns signing Carlos Hyde with Duke Johnson already there. I, I think that the, the likelihood of them taking Saquon first overall, or maybe at all, um, I, I think is coming question. So I think it's almost a lock now for most people that they're going to go quarterback at that first pick. And I believe that the, the, the majority of what I've read is that it's between Darnold and Rosen. Um, this is the second, and I forget the other source that I heard it recently. It was on a podcast uh, where they were talking about feeling like Donald was going to be the, the first overall pick. Um, so, anyway, it's just going to be exciting. You know, the, the, the draft is five weeks away, basically five weeks from tomorrow night. And um, I, I, I'm excited to see. There, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken. I, I think we could actually see all five of the, the top quarterbacks taken within the first six or seven picks so it's going to be very exciting expect some trades um man i just i, I think that there's a great possibility the browns trade down from that number four pick um, me too yeah and and you know even if it's just a few spots to to you know the jets at six i, I think you know that they, they could they could gonna be exciting just super fun to watch that always action-packed always some surprises
0: and it's hard to keep up, Trey. You remember the Jets have already traded up to the number three pick oh, overall. Oh, that's
1: right. That's right. They, <laughs> so, now, so who has the – who is it that's at the sixth pick? The Colts. It's the
0: Colts, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they're not. That's right. And then the fifth pick, remind me who picks
0: fifth. I believe it's Denver. am so mad
1: Denver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah so right. I, I, John Ledger and Trevor Sekima, they do the Locked on NFL podcast. And you're not listening to that. It's a great podcast. I believe it's it's uh, Monday through Friday. And those guys cover the draft. They do mocks all the time. They do a mock draft Monday. And it's fun to listen to their show and have them speculate. And, and uh, the, you know, they, they're both, uh, they both do their mock drafts based on what, they, what they're hearing, what they think is going to really happen and not what they wish would happen. So that's definitely a good listen. And, and they've talked about Darnold at the number one on, on their latest podcast. Um, yeah, Trey, I'm, I'm with you with these quarterbacks. It's, it's exciting for the NFL draft. And it's also super exciting for, well, especially a super flex league. Because I, I think that there are a lot, and I know that probably you know the, there'll be one of these guys that's like a, maybe maybe we get one stud out of this group if we're lucky, we get one like average NFL quarterback, and then we get some bust out of the group. I, I know that's the odds are that's what's going to happen, but I don't know you look at it right now. You know we've talked about this. I I, I really like all of the the you know the top five, I mean five quarterbacks or so at least something about them. So I'm I'm pretty excited um, about. These QBs for superflex leagues get this influx of, of quarterbacks. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, you know the thing I'm the most bummed about, man. And we, you know, talking about the Jets picking third, I think there's a really good possibility that in some order it's going to be Donald Rosen at one two, and and, and you know my affinity, and my growing affinity for Baker Mayfield. I'm really concerned I'm going to see Baker Mayfield next year in the green and white of the New York Jets, and uh, I'm a little bummed about it, but. You know what? You never know, man. Maybe maybe he's going to be a part of uh, turning things around up there in New York for the Jets.
0: I kind of think he's going to end up someplace like Denver or maybe Buffalo makes a move to go up and get Mayfield. Because I, I, I believe that um, um, Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback, is going to probably get taken you know, second or third. Because I've seen some mocks and, and some people that are in the know that have him going before – rosen which i think is crazy so what well, we'll see who wow. knows right maybe yeah. he goes number one overall to, to cleveland maybe they shock shock the world maybe they be shocked so it's gonna be fun though it's gonna be fun to watch oh no doubt a couple more pro day things to mention i think the other thing i wanted to mention is ronald jones all you know the usc pro day uh was today we talked about darnold he didn't participate i guess he did some pass catching drills He's about 70% back from, from the hamstring injury he suffered during the combine, and they're hoping maybe late April before the draft he'll, um, he'll get out there and, and do some drills. So that's just something to keep an eye on, you know, see how Ronald Jones uh, does. And, that, and that's disappointing. But there, uh, this pro day stuff, just just pay attention, you know, look on Twitter, com, because it's it's good to good to follow. And, and, and find out about some of these guys that didn't go to the combine that are kind of playing under the radar, that maybe you take a flyer on them in a rookie draft late and maybe you get gold out of justin watson or philip lindsay one of those guys but now we're going to transition and talk about free agency and kind of the aftermath of these last couple of weeks not only free agency but there have been several trades uh, cleveland made most of them (laughs) so what we're going to do is we're going to go through position by position and talk about um, so, some players that their dynasty value has been impacted in, in how we value those players. We thought that would be good exercise because I think that it, it enough dust to settle now. And there's still some uncertainty going into the NFL draft. It could change a lot of these player values, but I think there are some actionable um, advice we can hope to give you. Uh, Cause we've got five weeks approximately until the NFL draft. That's a lot of time where you could be making moves and making your team better. Trey, I know you've been making moves already, doing some, doing some things to improve your team. You don't waste, waste any time. Um, so we're going to talk about that. So, do we want to? What position shall we uh, start with, Trey?
1: I, I say we start with a quarterback. You know, it's it's uh, especially with the the rise in popularity, super flex leagues, and the you know recent uh, booming of some of these young quarterbacks. Even you know, many considering a guy like Carson Wentz. Um, their number one dynasty quarterback Deshaun Watson's up there in the top four or five dynasty quarterbacks. So I think quarterback is the most, well, I don't think I, I know for a fact, just the fact that we're talking about five quarterbacks potentially being taken in the first six or eight picks in the NFL actual draft. Um, the quarterback is the most position, most important position in football. Um, and so we each have a guy we're going to talk about here. Um, the guy I'm going to talk about change teams, and the guy that you're going to talk about is, uh, remained on the same team. Um, and, and so I'm going to kick us off here by talking about Tyrod Taylor and, and, I'm not going to go into the, you know, details of my love for Tyrod Taylor. Um, but he's a guy that is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns next season to begin the year. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be starting for them at quarterback, because as we've just talked about, they're a lock to, um, take a quarterback in the beginning of this draft, whether they trade down, trade out of that top five with one of those picks, I think that the likelihood that the Cleveland Browns leave the first round of the NFL draft without a quarterback is almost zero. So um, they're inevitably going to add a quarterback. What I would suggest right now to you is that Tyrod Taylor, who's always been undervalued from a fantasy perspective. I mean, this guy – for all intents and purposes, had an atrocious season last year. He, he did not play one. He only played in 15 games. Um, one of those games was a game that he was benched and only played the second half. Yet yeah, he's still finished in standard scoring as quarterback, 16. Despite the atrocious nature of the season, if you look at the wide receiving core that he had last season in Buffalo, it was terrible. They had a re- really good defense. His weapons were incredibly poor. So, I mean, in, in my opinion, Tyrod Taylor is going to the Cleveland Browns, which you think, how could that be considered an upgrade? But when you look at the weapons that he's going to be surrounded with there, with Carlos Hyde at running back, a better offensive line by far than he had in Buffalo, uh, Duke Johnson as a pass-catching running back, Jarvis Landry in the slot, and Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman on the outside. I mean, every single one of those positions – save that, you know, first down running back, you know, where he, he went from Shady McCoy to Carlos Hyde. Every single other position is an upgrade. And, and not to mention David Njoku, who's got – is oozes athleticism. So I think for a guy like Jarvis or um, Tyrod Taylor, who's smart with the football, who I think can benefit with some read option stuff, who's got Todd Haley there, who I think is a, is a fairly underrated play caller in the NFL – I think Tyrod Taylor, even on a one-year rental, I think that he could be had fairly cheaply. And I even, I, I mean, I just actually traded him away in a one quarterback lead as a throw-in. Um, so I, I think that he's a guy that you can look for if, if you're hurting at quarterback. If you're, let's say maybe you're t- picking in the top five, you only have one starting quarterback and you're going to plan to take one of these rookies, Tyrod Taylor would be a great guy to go out and try and acquire for a, maybe a late second round pick or a third round pick. Um, and, and see if you can use him as a bridge so you, you can start him this season. I think he can be a reliable – as a quarterback, too, I think he can be a very reliable starter for a fantasy team.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't have anything to add. Um, he, he's shown in the past, and he definitely has the potential to put up uh, you know QB1 numbers for you, and, and he's definitely a guy i be comfortable starting – in my super flex position in a, in a two QB league, or, or even if I'm, you know, if, if I need to, if, if, if it's him and some other marginal quarterback, like a guy I'll talk about in a second, I, I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah. yeah so l- I'll just jump into my guy. Cause I think you, you covered it perfectly. I I, I don't have anything to add or, or to poke holes in. I think you just know what you're getting with Tyra Taylor. You're getting a guy that, you know, his future beyond this year is maybe a little bit murky. Maybe he has a starting job someplace next year, but, um, but, but there are those questions, but definitely a value guy. Another value guy is Joe Flacco. And I know people of our listeners are, are snickering right now, like Joe Flacco. I mean, come on, the guy's horrible. And um, I, I, I just want to point out with Joe Flacco that his situation is Im- improving dramatically. Uh, they had some offensive line issues last year um, that, that some guys that, that they lost that, that, that should be healthy, hopefully. Um, they, they signed – michael Crabtree they, they've got a legitimate wide receiver one now in that offense um, they have john Brown and I know John Brown is kind of a question mark you know uh, you know with his his um you know his history but that's exciting Willie sneed is there talking to um, the Ravens today so they're making upgrades on offense you know rumors they might get a guy like calvin Ridley or DJ Moore on the draft so I think they're going to start him with weapons. They're going to get a pass catching back out of the backfield, or maybe Kenneth Dixon comes back and he's viable. So I think that Joe Flacco is going to be a decent QB two, uh, a decent uh, second quarterback for you to start in your superflex leagues. Not, not I think one QB leagues forget about it. Maybe you could stream him a little bit or have him on your bench and maybe spot start him here and there. But I, I like Flacco. I, I just like it. Um, I, I thought it was crazy Trey with this opinion, but then um, John Paul Hurley of the nice trade calculator, uh, podcast host of that podcast, uh, which we're big fans of. He, he posted this on Twitter the other day. He's like, you know, I, I really like Flacco this year. And I, and I replied, I'm like, you're totally right. You know, I, I, thanks for thanks for saying this because I was thinking this back in my head for a couple of weeks now and, or at least since they signed Crabtree. And I'm not the only one that has this crazy opinion that Flacco is, it's, it's going to be good at least for your super flex leagues. So Joe Flacco is my, my guy, real value pick. You can get him cheaper than you can get Tyra Taylor, I believe. Considerably cheaper.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And and I like the call because, you know, they also, and I think you might've mentioned this, but um, the, the one right wide receiver that I think is kind of a little bit sneaky and and underrated as far as signing there is Michael Crabtree. I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. Um, And, and, you know, I've always been a big fan of John Brown um, and, and would love to see him stay healthy. I think that, you know, John Brown could really um, be a little bit of a, you know, Deshaun Jackson um, role to that offense. And, and you know, Flacco's definitely got the arm to get the ball downfield. I like that. I think, I mean, even in super flex leagues, I think, you know, Joe Flacco's a guy you could get super cheap. So I love it. Um, so let's jump over to the running back position, um, and and I'll go first again. Running backs, um, we're, we're going to talk again, you know, I'm talking about a guy who's switched teams, and, and you're going to talk about a guy who's kind of um, had some value shift potentially staying on the same team, and the guy I want to talk about is Jarek McKinnon, and um, I don't know, I don't I don't remember, I know we discussed it a little bit off the air, and I, I don't remember if we talked about uh, the Jarek McKinnon signing out in San Francisco, but Um, Jarek McKinnon for me is a guy that I've always loved. I've always thought that he was, um, incredibly talented. And then last year, um, the, the few games that I watched the Minnesota Vikings, I was a bit puzzled as to why he was being taken off the field. Because the, as far as the eye test, when I was watching him touch the ball versus Latavius Murray touch the ball, I I felt like the Jarek McKinnon looked better. I felt like he was creating more. And the the drives and the chunks of game where Jarek McKinnon was staying on the field, I felt like that offense was working better. Uh, You know, Latavius Murray was kind of plotting and getting what was blocked for him. But I I felt like for the first time after Dalvin Cook went down with an injury that we were really beginning to kind of see what Jarek McKinnon can do when he's given quite a bit of work. And in PPR leagues, I mean, he was putting up – I think he put up several 20-point games in a row there at one stretch of the season just showing incredible potential. Um, especially in the passing game, so Jerick McKinnon goes out to San Francisco now, and the amount of money that they're paying him is is starting running back money. I know that there was some you know hype around potentially a Matt Breida breakout or or even the the, the Joe I'm banging the table Williams, but in my opinion, and and, and I have read a couple reports. I've not. Um, read the entire article but i've read some some headlines where um Kyle Shanahan i think was um on record as saying that they were bringing McKinnon in to be their starting running back and that the expectation is that he's going to fill the DeVonta Freeman role that um in that when Shanahan was in um Atlanta so i think that the sky's the limit for Jeric McKinnon he's a guy it may be difficult to acquire but I think that it's not unreasonable for San Francisco to still potentially add a running back in the second or third round of the NFL draft. And it might bring his price down a little bit. I am still convinced that Jarek McKinnon is going to get the majority of the touches in that backfield in San Francisco. And with, with the abilities that Shanahan has as an offensive coordinator, that was very well-documented the offense that he put on the field in Atlanta two years ago, when they went to the Super Bowl, and the offense that was on the field in Atlanta this past year after Kyle Shanahan left, I believe in his abilities. I, if you look at what he did in Washington with, um, oh goodness, his name just totally eclipsed um, the running back out of uh, I think Florida International, um, Alfred Morris. What they got out of Alfred Morris as a late-round draft pick. Devonta Freeman, I think, was drafted even later in the NFL draft than Jarek McKinnon was. Um, And so I am incredibly excited to see someone of Jarek McKinnon's athleticism get the starting role in an offense that I feel like can be as dynamic as one uh, coordinated by Kyle Shanahan. So I'm I'm super excited. I think his potential is, you know, top ten running back next season.
0: So let's talk about value, Trey. What, what, what do you pay for – what do you personally pay for Jarek McKinnon? And I'll tell you what Twitter says because there's a Twitter poll out there. Like someone said, what do what you pay in rookie picks for Jarek McKinnon? How do you think people value him?
1: I would say for me, um, in, a, in a super flex league right now, you know, you've got that top four, all running backs that are basically – and you may get a quarterback in there, but it's basically going to be Barkley, Geist, Michelle, chubb i would want those four guys ahead of mckinnon the 105 I'd probably tough i would pay anything from the 106 back for jarek mckinnon
0: all right in and his, that's what,
1: super flex format
0: yeah so the, this was not a question it wasn't super flex but um uh there was a, a poll on twitter going around and basically 55 percent of people said mid to late first round pick was was his value at this point so um yeah that's that's pretty much in line with the majority and, and I, th- I think that's that's fair um you know we were talking about this before we recorded the show Trey I, I I'm excited about his potential and I and I've got him in in several leagues so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that I, so I'm not going to sell him like some some people might advise you to sell him because there's a chance his well he could, could drop as you alluded to with the draft but, but um but 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 yeah, I think he's more definitely more of a hold. I don't know if I go out and buy him because because there, there's that question mark. But yeah, the potential is there. The potential definitely is a is a top ten running back and and let's not let's not sleep on that. I do wish he was a better bit of a better football player because it makes me think that one of the reasons that Latavius Murray got so much, a, much action is that the Vikings felt that he was a better football player. But we talked about this, you know, after Saquon Barkley. How I don't remember how many what his bench press was or how many he had, but. Jarek McKinnon actually outdid him um, in the combine on the bench press. So, I mean, this guy, Jarek McKinnon is an athletic freak, so we should not forget about that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, like, like Carlos Hyde in that offense last year uh, was the running back 10 in PPR. And so, for me, for Shanahan to not want to re-sign Hyde, because uh, I believe they're pretty similar age 20, in the 26, 27 range, I might be wrong about that. I know Carlos Hyde's age is a bit of, mis- uh, a, a, bit of a mystery, mystery. In, in the universe. but <laughs> I, So I just feel like so he didn't want to keep the guy who was the RB10 last year in production, and he's bringing in McKinnon now. Um, and, and I'll say this too. This is a great opportunity to use ADP to your advantage. I believe Jarek McKinnon's offseason ADP is probably going to spike right now. His ADP in, in March, beginning of April, is probably going to be at its highest for the offseason. I would not recommend selling him. I think he's going to uh, have a great year next year. But I do think that his once the NFL draft happens, especially if the 49ers, even if it's a third-round running back, um, I think that his uh, draft spot um, in ADP will kind of start to slide down a little lower. You know what I mean? I think people always overreact to that you know, new signing. So I think that the opportunity, the window to buy Jarek McKinnon is potentially – coming in you know the may june july months so continue to keep an eye on that situation and and put feelers out to the mckinnon owner if it's he's a guy you'd like to jump on
0: another guy i quickly want to talk about trey my, my running back and we don't have to spend a lot of time on him this once again is someone else that didn't move in free agency um it's chris carson and you know why am i mentioning chris carson uh, you know what what's changed in Seattle well basically they've, they've lost some of those running backs no surprise you know cutting a guy like Thomas Rawls for example um, but remember what you, we saw out of Chris Carson he he was impressive Seattle liked him and I, I've heard some people suggest that oh Darius Geis is in play for Seattle I don't know that I see that I mean they they now have so many needs it's not even funny and, and I know that's you don't necessarily want the running back associated with that Seattle offense but they'll still move the ball. I mean, they need someone to uh, back to run it in at the goal line. So I, I think Chris Carson has a chance to, to be productive. And I think he's dirt cheap. I, um, so I, I, that's a guy I would, you know, send some, some feelers out and, you know, you know, I'm talking about maybe paying like a late second round, or early third round pick, which, you know, maybe may people that, that have Carson, I know I was able to pick up up in one league off of waivers um, you know, once he got injured in a dynasty league, you know, some more shallower league. So maybe people that, that are holding on to him, they see that potential value and they're not going to give him up for that cheap, but you never know, Trey, as you always say, you never know. Like, you, you know, I'm always amazed at, at what deals that Trey can pull off by, uh, you know, he'll, he'll ask questions and, and the value he gets with some of those offers. So Chris Carson is a guy I like, guy you can pick up cheap and maybe it won't work out. Maybe they, they do get a Geis in the, in the draft or something like that. But, but I, I, I like Chris Carson a lot still. And, and free agency did only just reinforce that like of him for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I
0: know I talked – I talked up
1: Chris Carson pretty big last season, early on in the year, and was a guy that I was acquiring. And um, he's a guy that I've stashed. I've got him on a couple couple IR spots. And, you know, I'm going to be finding a way to keep him on my rosters in um, half PPR and PPR leagues because I think that there's some potential there. So I, I don't – I wouldn't be surprised for them to add a running back, whether it's free agency. I know that Demarco Murray came in and visited, but um, I think that Chris Carson's a guy that could still get some work there. Um, Pete Carroll had tons of great things to say about him last year, so.
0: So shall we move on? Let's let's get into the uh, the wide receivers.
1: Yeah, wide receiver position. Um, you know, we're going to kind of reverse roles here. Going to let you talk about a guy. That changed teams, and and then I'm going to be talking about two guys, actually, and and I'll go ahead and go first again. Um, I'm going to talk about guys who remain on the same team, um, and that team is the San Francisco 49ers. You know, as I mentioned, the 49ers were a pretty popular – everybody and their brother wanted either Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins to land in San Francisco and and become that, you know, ex-receiver for the Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, but that didn't happen. Um, what did happen, however, is 31 uh, year old Pierre Garcon's coming off an injury um, in a in a season in which he played eight games and you know caught 40 balls for 500 yards. I don't think he scored any touchdowns. Um, if he did, it wasn't many. Uh, but he was coming off a thousand yard. Did he catch one?
0: No. Did Garcon play that many games? It's it I mean, that could be right. But I think he like did. I, okay.
1: I thought he played. He played eight. Um, but um, well, I'll,
0: he's, I'll fact check that. Yeah.
1: So, he, so PR Garcon is back and, and then Marquise Goodwin who had a bit of a breakout last year, um, you know, Marquise Goodwin previously played for the bills. And I think that you can see with, with what Robert Woods did last year in LA kind of morphing into their number one wide receiver um, that the, the bills offense was potentially holding back some of these receivers. So a guy like Marquise Goodwin, I was pretty shocked when I went to look at his numbers the guy uh, had almost 1,000 yards received, like 970 yards receiving last year and caught a couple touchdowns um, in, in really his first um, real uh, production other than just, you know, kind of some, some big plays that he put up in, in Buffalo. So I think that Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin Go- – Goodwin was re-signed this offseason to a three-year, uh, $20 million contract. And uh, I think that obviously, you know – everybody believes Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be this, you know, top 10 dynasty quarterback. Well, if he's going to, if he's going to become that, it's going to have to be production that's fed around to his pass catchers. So I, I do believe that uh, Pierre Garcon and Marquise Goodwin could, could both be some little bit lower price, especially as the rookie hype builds leading up to the uh, NFL draft. I think these are guys that you could target that could become nice you know, wide receiver two, uh, more, maybe more along the lines of a wide receiver three, on your uh, on your dynasty team.
0: Yeah, Trey, you nailed it with Garcon. It, it didn't seem to me like he played eight games. You know, I, I own him in the league, and you're right—forty receptions for 500 yards, no touchdowns. Um, and you know, if if let's say he plays a whole season and he ke- even keeps those numbers, that's not too bad. If he if he sees the end zone a little bit, so. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of wide receivers to bring somebody in. But both of those guys are, are worth picking up because I think you're right. I think that you're going to get them cheap, especially like guy like Garcon with his his age. I mean, he he turns 32 in August, as you pointed out. He's coming off a you know his a pretty nasty injury. Um, so so yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that you could get for next to nothing, and it could pay off for you. Um, but both of those guys are good calls. Um, my wide receiver, it's going to be – well, maybe it will be a surprise. I, I, and I hesitated to bring this up because, you know, we try to give, when we can, different takes on what, what you're hearing elsewhere. So you've you've heard about Allen Robinson and what a great fit he is for the Chicago Bears. But I think it's worth reinforcing that. Um, and, and maybe it's completely obvious, and, and our listeners are like, yeah, no kidding, he's a good fit, so why are you talking about him? Um, but but the, the thing that made me think of Allen Robinson again – is there There was both an article on uh, ChicagoBears.com, and, and then it pointed to this NFL.com article um, that Matt Harmon uh, has written recently. And, and basically, Harmon is saying that this was the best fit between an NFL team and a receiver signed in free agency. So he talked about in this article that, that the offensive design was a major reason that Robinson wanted to go. And this is the real interesting part right here. Quote, The lack of use in the middle of the field caused over 50 of Robinson's targets in 2016 to come on plays where he had less than a yard of separation. That's the most for any wide receiver over the last two seasons. If Nagy designs a similar offense to the one employed by the chiefs during his tenure as offensive coordinator, that will not be an issue in Chicago. So I think that's one of those things that was one of the knocks, you know, he, you know, with uh, not getting that, um, separation in the middle of the field and 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 I think this this fit and this player it's a perfect marriage I I think there are big things for him remember with younger quarterbacks what do they do in the NFL they always like tend to target one guy they fall in love with one receiver and I think it's going to be Allen Robinson in Chicago for Mitchell Trubisky so I'm excited about it I, I mean I would totally give up you know, in terms of rookie pick's um anything but the one o one the one oh two absolutely i'd give up for Allen robinson I, I i just i man i 'm so excited about the landing spot and it 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 's not just a homeburn to me I just think that it's it's perfect it's a perfect marriage Trey. i i love it i love alan robinson in, in, in dynasty and fantasy this year
1: yeah i'm with you i'm i'm a hundred percent with you <clears throat> he's a guy that on the teams that i own i'm holding on to he's a guy that in a couple of startups that i've done already this off season um that where I have had the opportunity I've acquired him and um, I felt like I got him. One of them was an auction and I felt like I got him. This was probably eight weeks ago that it under went under that we did the auction and you know, he, he was being so undervalued. And so um, he's a guy that um, I, I think it could be tough to acquire him now with the signing, but I do, like you said, I think he's a great guy. Like for instance, if I've got a, if I, if I have a Julio Jones on my team, Alan Robinson's a great guy that I would try to go and I would try to pivot. And at this point, I'll be completely honest. um, If I uh, feel like I have a a team that could win now, but I uh, would like to add a little youth to my team, I would be willing to, to trade away Julio Jones straight up for Alan Robinson. I know that sounds crazy, um, I probably wouldn't do it for a guy like AJ Green because I think AJ Green um, has a little bit longer uh, life in the league than Julio. But I love it. I think it's a great, and I'm the same. I, I wouldn't give the 101 for him, but I think the 102 for Allen Robinson is very reasonable. Um, and then two, just to talk, I, I just looked up some numbers real quick on the 49ers, so like currently just talking about value um, currently in ADP um, Marquise Goodwin is going as 111th overall wide receiver 53 Um, and last year he in full PPR was wide receiver 30 Um, he he actually scored double digit touchdowns in eight of uh, double digit touchdowns yeah double digit fantasy points in eight of 16 games Um, but um, in the games that Jimmy Garoppolo started for the 49ers he failed to record double digits in only one game and that game was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, um, you know, anyway, just an example, the guy's going as the 53rd, he's only 27. He's going as a 53rd receiver off the board. So, you know, even last year and and he he finished the year strong, I think six of the last seven games, he had double digit fantasy points. So,
0: yeah. And I'm sure that he'll go higher with, with the next, um, you know, the, the next month's, um, you know, ADP. But that being said, I think the market trade will be slow to, to correct to, to the signing kind of like what we saw with, um, with Robert Woods in, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with, with the Rams. I I think Mm -hmm. the, the market took a while to, to kind of correct itself to see his value. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 great. That's great. I, I mean, he he is. And when you told me those stats before the show about about Goodwin, I was I was shocked. I mean, it's just it's it was kind of quietly done, right? Um, in, yeah. in a way, this wasn't wasn't obvious what how productive he was, especially with Jimmy G. So I I love that. I love that. So we we just have one category left, of course. That would be kickers. And let's <laughs> t- no no with no, the tight ends, of course, tight ends. Um, so we got a couple of tight ends to talk about. Uh, Trey, who's your, who, who's your tight end you want to uh, highlight here? So
1: my tight end, I know that I've mentioned this guy. You know, we share a name, and uh, he, we also share a university. Uh, we didn't actually both play football there, but he actually did. And that's Trey Burton, uh, recently signed by uh, Ryan's beloved Chicago Bears. Um, and, and I think that right now, uh, Trey Burton, I think after being signed in Chicago, his price has definitely jumped up a bit, but I believe that right now is the cheapest that Trey Burton is going to be in the next 24 months and, and maybe beyond. I think that he is uh, this time next year is going to be uh, pretty widely regarded as a, as a top 10 tight end in dynasty. I think the athleticism and the flexibility that he has in that offense, the amount of money that they paid him. You know, I, I think that we, we talked about this cause we talked about the regime and, you know that the you know the GM that's there was involved in the drafting of Adam Shaheen, but obviously um, Nagy wanted to add another tight end, and um, I'm I'm not saying this completely kills Shaheen's dynasty value, but I do uh, really believe that Trey Burton offers you know some incredible athleticism at the position. I think that if it weren't for the fact that he was playing behind Zach Ertz, who's one of the hottest young tight ends in the league. I think that he would have absolutely exploded. If, if Zachary wasn't in Philly, I think that the explosion in value would have happened to Trey Burton last year in Philadelphia. So with a guy like Mitchell Trubisky and a guy like Alan Robinson on the outside and, and Jordan Howard, I, I really believe that um, what this guy's gonna be able to do over the middle of the field. And I think he's an incredible mismatch for linebackers and uh, i think that he's going to be used i think he can he can come out of the backfield he he can line up in line he can be spread out i'm super super excited to to see Trey Burton in chicago
0: yeah i agree and, and people he's a guy that people are going to sleep in on too you know i've heard some people talk about him like oh you know i don't necessarily love that landing spot um, you know, he, but, but no, I, I think, I think you, you hit it, you nailed it, Trey. I, I mean, I think, I think it's great too, and, and, and yeah, he is a guy. I, th- I think the perception is people like Trey Burton, but they, they probably wanted him to go where there wasn't an Adam Shaheen already in place, but, but they, don't, they're not looking at the big picture how he's going to be used in that offense, and they look at his past production, and they don't see what he has potential to be like what, a, what a talent he is and how long it takes time to develop. And the fact he was in that situation behind Ertz in, in Philadelphia. So love it. Definitely a guy to, to go out and, and grab while you can. Uh, so I think with that, Trey, that, that's, that's about all we, we've got time for tonight. Um, any, any closing thoughts, anything you're looking forward to, what are we going to do the next five weeks before the NFL draft? That's what I want to know,
1: man. <sighs> Just wish that the NFL draft will get here sooner. I think we're going to have some rock star guests on, and um, I, th- I think we're going to talk a little bit about something something special. We're going to do. We're going to we're going to have a a pretty special recording that we're going to be um, dropping after the NFL draft. We'll have more details coming coming about that. But we're going to do pretty some pretty fun on um, draft night that I think the listeners are going to be able to appreciate a little bit of uh, uh, on the fly recording. You know. That's right. Not rehearsed, just some live reactions. So should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, and this is still a work in progress. We've got some special guests joining us for that recording. Probably we're going to do it after the draft, because I know we we had talked about going on during the draft, but one of the the things that we realized is that that doesn't make any sense because people are going to want to watch the draft and be on Twitter and reacting. So I think we're going to come up to you live after the draft. We're still working that out, but it's going to be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, we're going to come at you these next five weeks and we want to thank you for listening again to another episode of the Fancy Joes. Uh, you know, hit the subscribe button if you haven't. We've got some great special guests coming uh, to talk more uh, about these rookies that are going to be drafted in five weeks. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback's welcome. We want, to send, we want to know how you think we're doing and what you want from us. We drop the show weekly, at least by Friday's, for new episodes. And once again, subscribe so you don't miss the show. And you can leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. Find us on Twitter, Trey's at Trey Barrett. Will is missing tonight. Hopefully, he'll be back next week, healthier and better than ever, at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes! Fantasy Joes! Let's get better, Will. Chicken soup, my friend, chicken soup.